0: Amen, amen. You know, I, uh, I got to tell you, I felt like you wanted to keep worshiping. Is that fair? Ah, oh, that was so good. And uh, when we come together as a church, uh, you know, the church is the people of God. It's not a building, it's the people. And uh, there's some things that we do biblically when we're together, right? We bear witness to who God is and to what he's doing in our world. And so we were able to do that earlier as we honored and recognized leadership and what God has done. We just worshiped and got into the presence of God. And I gotta tell you, one of my greatest prayers and hopes is that we are a church that hungers for God's presence. That we just desire to be in it and to celebrate who he is and what he has for us because he he does have more for us. You know, how do I know that? He hasn't returned yet. If he hasn't returned and we're alive and active, that means God still is at work. And he's wanting to work through his church and he does work through his word. Amen? Amen. And so I'm excited to start this series today called There Is More. There's more to God's story. There's more to your story. There's more to Pathway's story and what God wants to do in and through our church in this community. And as I look around right now, you need to know in this nine o'clock service, if you're in here in person, that there's more room for you at the eleven. Praise God for what's happening, amen? We've watched over the last few weeks, and I just want to humbly tell you that that we still recognize that there is a need for social distancing, that we're in a season where we're not ready to put all the chairs back out yet. And and so we also don't have our 11 o'clock kids programming ready. It's coming, praise God for that, right? We'll get it ready in 2021, and it's coming. We can applaud that. In the meantime, I just want to take a moment and ask that, that the next couple of weeks, if you're able to come to the 11 uh, in person, pray about it, because that's the way you could serve and make room for others. Amen? Amen? All right. Well, I'm going to pray us into the message. We're going to be in Luke chapter 1 today, and I'm excited to kick this off as we look at Mary and what God had to say to her and how he used her. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. Uh, In so many ways, not just for a season that reminds us of how good you are, that you would come and dwell among us, that you would make your home with us, but a season that causes us to be able to let go of some of the other things we've been holding on to. We want to receive all that you have. And so I pray that we would be able to let go, even now, of distractions, of things maybe we've been carrying that we could hear clearly from you and your word and receive all that you have. We thank you. Be with us now. May your word speak loud. May you be heard and may you get all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you turn to Luke chapter 1, we'll get there in a minute. I don't know what Christmas looks like for you, but, uh, you know, every family has different traditions. My family, we're going to be discovering what that looks like in warm weather. I'm from Michigan, if you didn't know that. And uh, so we went and looked at lights last night locally. And, you know, we're just kind of figuring out what things are going to look like. And we're excited because this Friday we close on our home here in Vero. And, uh, yeah, God is... God has just been so good and provided and uh, just led us into that so clearly. So we're excited about that. And, and I got to thinking back over some of the, the Christmas mornings that I had as a kid and some of the traditions we had. And, and we all like surprises to some degree, right? Sometimes the giver likes the surprise more than the receiver, though. You know, it's like you're preparing it and you want to surprise them. You want to see the reaction. And uh, have you ever had somebody, uh, you know, they gave you the big box. And, and maybe as a kid, you're like, you know, you're, which gift do I want to start with? I always, until I learned the trick, started with the big box, right? And then you would open that box and you would dig and there'd be another box. And then you'd dig some more and there'd be another box. And then you'd get down to the end and it was like this great Uh, gift card or some cash or some really meaningful gift right and 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 I was thinking about how like that's what we want to do this month together we we want to dig and search and and get to that place where we learn and and develop this new understanding of who God is and what he has for us and so as we look at this today and as you think about like what does that mean for you 2020 was a year and it ain't even over yet right? Like, like you're saying, yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, 2020 came at us from every angle. It, it gave us surprises and unexpected things that, that we didn't want, right? I, I mean, in many ways, it feels like every month in, in 2020 was a dog month. Like you ever, you know, like dog years, seven years for every year. Like it just kind of feels like 2020 has been that way, And yet in that, whether it was COVID, whether it was some of the racial unrest in our country, whether it was some of the issues we faced with politicalization and political division, there is a God that I believe has been trying throughout the year to get a hold of us. To say, hey, I want to give you my 2020 vision. Amen? I I want you to see me in new ways. I want you to see the people around you in new ways. I want to give you some clear vision. I believe that God has been using all of these things. And God is a God who shows up in in common situations. In, In situations that we may not think God would enter into that, but you need to know like whatever you've been facing, whatever you're going through, God wants to show up in it. That God wants to show up. And when we get God in the middle... Oh, it gets good. It gets good. And I want to show you in Mary's life somehow this played out and maybe what it could mean for us. So picking up in verse 26 and 27 of Luke chapter 1. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. If you're taking notes or a note taker, Mary was common, but she connected to an uncommon God. You see, in those verses, it it paints for us a picture of who Mary was. Mary was young. She was from a place called Nazareth, which was a very common, in many ways, town that was looked down upon. You know, it was that place that others might think, oh, nothing good could come out of there. Nothing good could ever happen from that That place or that side of town. Mary was from this this common background that, at some level, even we know that, that she was probably around age 15. So, when I say young, she was really young. Not uncommon, though, for Jewish women to marry early. So, she was betrothed to a man named Joseph. Joseph was a common man as well, he was a carpenter, he was a blue collar guy. He went to work every day. Anybody else go to work every day? <laughs> right? If you're retired, God still has stuff for you too. But there's this reality that, that, that Joseph and Mary are this couple that many of us could relate to. They were poor. We learn in scripture that they, they actually didn't have a lot financially. And in all of that, God is showing up. And he's showing up because even in the common, we serve a God of the uncommon who enters in and changes things and begins rewriting stories, begins rewriting our stories. And this is something that we need to recognize, that this moment with Mary, while unexpected and surprising, I'm sure, to her, was something God had predestined and foretold and had made known that it was coming. Let me show you in Isaiah 7, verse 14. It says this. This is a prophecy from Isaiah in the Old Testament, hundreds of years earlier. It says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. I love that because we know that the name Emmanuel means God with us. That that actually, it was foretold that a virgin would give birth to the Messiah, to this God that was called Emmanuel. Isaiah 7.14 tells us, later we see it fulfilled in Luke chapter 1. God's story is continually being written. How many have a story in your own life that is still being written? See, what we're going to see from Mary is a heart posture. She's going to be real and authentic. She's going to share some of her doubts. We'll see this in a minute. The angel's going to tell her that, hey, I know you're afraid, but don't be. And then we're going to see this this heart from Mary emerging that says, let it be to me. And this is the sentiment that I want to make sure gets through to us today. You see, God is writing your story. And when God begins to show up, an uncommon God with your commonness, and I'm so sorry if you're offended at the idea that you might be common, okay? But we are common people that have an opportunity to interact with an uncommon God. And that God wants to write our story and add to the next chapter and the next layer. And oftentimes it's not him that is unable it's he finds a people that are unwilling a people that are saying well let it be my way let let it be the way I want it to be I love what you'll see from Mary which is let it be to me God if you spoke it I'll believe it I'll obey it and I'm here to serve you there is more when we have that kind of heart amen And so as it goes on, let's see how she responds. Verse 28, And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and, he will be the, and the Lord your God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? You see, what Mary was finding in that moment on her journey was that grace is greater than fear. That in fact, when God is present, his grace, his favor helps us to overcome our fear. You see, the angel is showing up, and as he shows up, he recognizes she's afraid. Can you imagine? Like You think Christmas lights here in town are bright or at your own home? This is a light that probably was shining beyond anything we can comprehend the holiness of God showing up with this angel, present, shining this light, saying, here I am and here's what I have for you. She was afraid, not knowing what was gonna happen. And I love what the angel says, that there's this favor. You know, what is grace? Grace in scripture is God's unmerited favor. His grace is given to us when we don't deserve it. There's nothing we can do to earn it. There's nothing we can do to get more of it other than to lean on and depend on him more. We can't earn grace. And so grace is not just a one-time thing. Grace is not just that thing that meets you in that moment when you receive Jesus, Grace is that thing that meets you in that moment in the parking lot when someone takes your spot. Grace is that thing that meets you in that moment when you can't find the Barbie dream house that your daughter wants. I went looking yesterday. Oh, Lord, help us. I checked every target between here and Michigan. I found two. I may be visiting them this week. One was closer than the other. We'll see. But grace is a real thing. Grace is something that is meant to empower us, something that's meant to, to give us favor, the favor of God. This angel is saying to Mary, this favor, this grace, is going to be on you, it's going to be with you. It's interesting, uh, I grew up playing football, but it was actually uh, the video game, John Madden, Madden Football. Some of you remember this game? It's still around, I'm not very good anymore. I used to be. I thought I was, and my son just destroys me now. His next level is what he would tell me. And so, this in this game, there was a play, and any time you were losing or you wanted to try to score a quick touchdown, it was called a hail mary. Some of you are familiar with that term because Roger Starbuck in 1975 kind of made it famous. It's playing a post Christmas game on December 28th, Vikings versus Cowboys. Throws the touchdown to win the game. It's 14 to 10. They win. The reporters ask him the question. What did you do? What did you say? He said, oh, I threw up a Hail Mary. That's where it kind of took off from there. Hail Mary full of grace. Maybe you've heard that phrase. Let me step on some toes for a minute. Mary was full of grace only because of where she got it. Mary was full of favor only because of who was with her. May we never miss the giver by just looking at the gift. You see, part of this season reminds us how great God's presence is, how great his grace is, how much we need it, how much his favor begins to orchestrate and open doors. Can I tell you that that I, you know, I said you're common, I'm common too. I'm sitting in July in Michigan minding my own business. Had a job I loved with a people I loved. And all of a sudden, God shows up in an unexpected way and this common guy finds an uncommon God who then with his grace and favor begins to orchestrate things that I couldn't have planned, that I couldn't have prepared, along the way watching God open doors and orchestrate and do what he does. Do you know when I realize that I'm in over my head what I do? I say, God, I need your grace right now. I need more of you. Do you know how many days a week I'm doing that right now? There's seven, all seven I need his grace. And I share that to just humbly tell you that what Mary found, I believe, is available for us too. This isn't going through the motions and playing church or doing religion. It's a relationship, Emmanuel, God with us who gives us his unmerited favor, who opens doors and provides opportunities and orchestrates his plan in ways that honestly will give him glory and blow our stinking minds. Does stinking translate to Florida? Okay. God is so, so good. I just want to encourage us that he has more. That he has more and it's his presence that we need more than we need presents, okay? Sometimes this season can get us so focused on the gifts and the presents, the things that we want or the things even that we wanna give, and and while that's fun, and and I'll be the first to tell you, I pulled the trigger on Amazon yesterday, okay? I hit that, that's how I do a lot of my shopping these days. We are so techie in my home, I get Google lists from all kids with links to what they want. I'm telling you, we started this a couple years ago on Cyber Monday, and oh my goodness, saves me time, saves me money. And uh, anyway, I'm sure Cindy has, you know, she's always like, but can we buy something like in person? You know, and so I hit that yesterday. I'm excited as a dad to have that moment on Christmas morning and to see their response to the gifts But my heart and desire for them more than anything is that we will enjoy that time together, that it'll be presence together that really makes the difference this Christmas. And our God has that heart for us, that he wants to be with us. He wants to be there and present, Emmanuel, God, with us. So how are you gonna invite him in You know, tonight we've got an incredible opportunity, a night of worship at 6 o'clock. I hope that you'll be here, online or in person, to get into God's presence and to say, if we've got more of his grace and more of his presence, that's going to diminish any of our fears. Because here's the other thing we have to recognize. There are times when we can get this sense that God has more for us and maybe we're not resistant. Maybe we are saying, let it be to me. But we begin to question or doubt or have fear. And what we see from Mary is a little bit of that. Let me read to you the next verse, verse 34. Verse 34, Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? It's the how question, not the who And this is important because Mary was being delivered from doubt by hearing a word from God. You see, she needed to hear, she believed God. She believed that God was able. She believed, she's not questioning or doubting the existence of God or or who he is or what he's capable of. She's just asking the practical question. I'm a virgin, how would this be? Parents, you get to take it from here. But it is so important that we honor and recognize that what God foretold was being fulfilled. That a virgin giving birth to Jesus meant that he was born sinless. That he actually was not, he was fully God and fully man. Scripture says later in Philippians 2 that he emptied himself of his divine privilege. That he humbled himself and became one of us. It was necessary for this virgin birth. So she's asking the question, like, God, I think I know how this works. How is that gonna happen? And I just wonder how many of us can relate to that. Where we have this sense that, yeah, if God is with me and he has more for me, that we're hung up right now, not on believing God is able, but we're asking the question, how? Any other Planners or control freaks in the room? Nobody raises their hand when you use the word freak, Pastor Brian, so don't use that again. I I raised mine, right? I want to know how it's going to happen. I want to plant. But the best laid plans without God showing up in the middle are going to fall flat. And we need to be able to see that what Mary is showing and demonstrating for us, what we'll see in a minute is that your questions brought to God can strengthen your faith. That in fact, we're delivered from our doubts by getting with God and getting a word from God. It is so important during this season that we dig deeper into who God is and what He has for us. There were some things that Mary believed and knew about Jesus. They're, They're outlined in this passage and in the message from the angel. She knew that He will be great, that He will be called the Son of the Most High that he will be given the throne of his father David, that he in fact would be the Messiah that they were waiting for, that he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, that the nation of Israel had found their true and lasting king. She also knew according to the angel's message that his kingdom would never end, that it was eternal. And so with that level of understanding, with humility and honesty, she was coming back to God to, to get that word from God. And I just want to ask you the question, are you going to God with your doubts, with your questions? Are you in humility and honesty saying, God, I believe you have more. I just don't know how you're going to do it. Are you bringing that to him and looking for a word from God? As I said back in the summer, there was this knock on my door and And an uncommon God started showing up and I realized really quickly that if this is what I think it is, I need to hear from God more than ever. And so I increased the amount of time I was spending with God. I decreased the amount of food I was eating. You can only imagine how large this guy was back then, right? No, I literally said, God, I'm gonna just fast at least a meal a day for the foreseeable future because I need to be in your presence. I need to hear from you. Because a word from God is what we need more than anything. Two weeks ago, we took a survey. And that survey, I was so encouraged by the results. Thank you for participating if you were a part of it. I wanna give you some glimpses over the next couple of weeks of some of the things that, that we're learning and seeing in this survey that we took here at Pathway. The first one is in relation to Bible reading. Here, we asked the question, how often do you read your Bible? Here's what we found. of you read it daily. That's amazing. That's great. 29% are reading it two to three times per week. 12% once per week. 15% not at all. I don't know how that strikes you or hits you. But what hits me is the reality of the opportunity in front of us the opportunity in front of us that we could begin to say, hey, wherever I'm at on that that journey, I know I need to hear a word from God and that's what's going to deliver me from my doubts and is going to lead me into a new season. So what is the primary way God speaks to us? Through his word, through the Bible. Okay, guys, it's not rocket science. If God speaks to us through his word and that's the primary way and we want to hear from God, Two plus two equals read your Bible more, okay? I mean, this is literally what we're looking at here. And I just want to encourage you, whether it's today, this coming week, or the months ahead, to make a commitment. Here's what I found. And and this is a guy who found Jesus uh, fully, fully surrendered at age 19 and realized I had grown up in the church, sat under a lot of teaching, and had read the Bible a little bit, but really didn't know it. Y'all, I literally was faking finding stuff in the Bible. You ever been in that moment where you're sitting in a room of people and the and the pastor says, hey, go to Isaiah, and you're like, Isaiah, he ain't here. He's he's at work. Right? Where you just don't know what's in there. I I mean, I literally used to sit there at 19, 20 years old. And and I watched the people, I acted slow. And would watch the people around me. Okay, they look like they're looking about a third of the way through the Bible. So then I'd do the sword drill thing and flip there real fast. Trying to catch up. Okay? I'm just being real. Because the chances are many of us can relate to this. That doesn't mean we don't get into God's word. It means that we say, hey, wherever I'm at today, I'm going to make a commitment to be consistent. Because for me, at 19, long before I was a pastor... I said, I need God's word in my, day every day, in, in my life every day. I don't mind telling you, after 22 years, I have missed less than 22 days in the word. Some days it's more, some days it's less, but it's always reading for one of the things that I hope we don't miss. We don't want to just gain knowledge and learn everything we can. It's got to get into our hearts and we have to apply it. Consistency and commitment to hearing from God and applying his word is key. James said this in chapter 1 of his book, James. Here's what he says. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his nature, natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. I don't want to just hear the word. We want to do it. We want to apply it. That's what we see from Mary. Let's read on here in verse 35. The angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And the angel departed from her. This last bit is because of who Mary was in her heart. Mary experienced more than most by responding, let it be to me. She had a heart that said, God, I'm here to serve you. I'm ready to do what you've said. I believe you. I've heard from you. I'm going to obey. There's something that happens when we begin to do that. Verse 37 says that nothing will be impossible You know, in her story is also mentioned the story of Elizabeth. Elizabeth, in her older age, had John, who would become John the Baptist. There was supernatural things happening in their family because they were willing to say yes to God, let it be to me. I don't know about you, but I want the super to show up in my natural. I want to see the impossible happen, and I believe God is able God is a God when He touches the natural super things begin to happen. My kids have an agreement with me, and so I owe my son now two blizzards from Dairy Queen. Because I'm gonna mention this a second time. He he's been going around the last few months and he'll say, super, super tasty, right? He'll, he'll say, you know, that that's super hard, or that was super tough, or That was, and he just adds the super to be funny. And and I really didn't get permission for this story, but I love him. He'll be in the next service, he'll give me that look. He came out of this is a couple months ago. He's upstairs, comes out of the bathroom, I'm downstairs in the living room, and I just hear him walk into his room and go, super stinky. (laughs) It made me laugh too. I was rolling. I lost it. There's something that happens in the natural when the super shows up. And we serve a God who has plans for us. Things that we're not able to do, that we're not capable of doing in our own strength, but our God is able. That's so much of what Mary was finding is a God who said, Hey, you may not be able, but guess what? There's others around you who are experiencing it. Elizabeth has, you can. Will you serve me? Will you say yes? So let me give you one more result of Pathways survey. Here was uh, in relation to the question about serving 43% of you are not serving at all within Pathway. The air just got sucked out of the room. Okay? Ironically enough, 43% are not serving at all in the community. I always look for where's the opportunity. You see it? This reveals that there is a massive opportunity in front of all of us to have a heart like Mary's, to say, let it be to me. I'm willing to serve you. I'm willing to dive in. I want to use my gifts. I want to do what you've asked me to do. I don't know what that's going to look like for you over the next few weeks or months, But I want to encourage you, sign up for it. Sign up to follow God into a new season and to serve him, whatever that looks like. Not just here at Pathway, but out in the community to make a difference for his glory, amen? Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 is where I want to close. And verse 10 has very special meaning in my life. Because as Mary said, let it be to me, There could be a sense of maybe you have of I've got to make it happen. I've got to do it. There's a pressure associated. I want to take all that away to say that all of this is a gift from God. Our salvation, our relationship with him is all a gift. And the grace he gives us and the favor to serve him is a gift. The good works that he's prepared in advance, they're a gift, And when we begin to understand and receive that, there is more that unfolds. So Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Can I just say, one of the keys for pathway walking into the next season is going to be humility and giving God glory that it is all about him, not us. It's saying here that no one may boast. Verse 10, one of my favorite verses that has meant so much to my life, and I've seen it play out. I've seen God do this. May you hear it over your life today if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. For we are his workmanship Another translation would articulate that as masterpiece, that you are his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. That takes all the pressure off. Can I get an amen? Amen. That we should walk in them, that we would walk in them. And so today I've got two questions to ask you. The first is this What goal do you need to set for your own Bible reading? What would it look like for you to say, I believe in God, I want to grow with God? To say, I need to get more of his word into my life. I need to hear from him. And and know that as you do that, we want to be here and available to encourage you and to equip you if you need help. We'll have groups and discipleship environments coming in in the new year. But what does it look like for you to make a commitment to being in God's word? Secondly, what is God saying to you about obeying And serving him are you ready to say let it be to me let it be about Christ and let it be to me whatever you have God I'll follow I'll obey and I'll serve you come on church are you fired up God has more for us and as we prepare to respond to that good news I just want to tell you, we're going to worship. The altars will be open. We have a host if you're online with us. Let's pray for each other. Let's come to Jesus. Let's bring it all to him and say, here's my doubts. Here's my questions. God, I need you to show up. I believe his grace is going to be poured out and is being poured out. So may we just say, God, whatever you have, let it be to me. if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior please whether it's online or here in person raise your hand step forward let us talk with you and pray with you let us walk you into that relationship with Jesus that he's already opening the door for he wants you to know him let's pray Father we love you and praise you We thank you, God, for what you are doing here in our midst. We believe there is more. And as we've unpacked Mary's story, we can relate. I pray, Father, that now we would respond. That we would say, let it be to me. Help us to let go of things standing in the way. Help us to look to you. Jesus, you are the answer. So I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be poured out as we respond and as we worship, as we pray and open the altars. Father, have your way. May you do more. May the super touch the natural. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and worship and respond. The altars are open. This Christmas, we're putting Christ right in the center of Christmas where he belongs. Amen. If you're here and you still need prayer or you want to talk through anything, please, we'll stay available. I challenged you today with some things that I hope will be a part of not just your tomorrow, but your 2021 and beyond. Think about how, how are you going to respond to Jesus, to reading the word, to serving him. Fill out your Connect card or online, let our hosts know. Come see one of us at the Welcome Center, the Hub. Let us know how we can support you. If you're a visitor, please come to our Welcome Center out these doors, and we've got a gift for you. We want to welcome you. We've had 19 visitors over the last two weeks receive those gifts, and yeah, we're excited about it. You'll also find ways to give as an act of worship there and online. And I want to just take a moment before I pray for us to just let you know that the entire month of December, we have Pathways Christmas Offering. Yes, the new guy changed the name, if you're familiar with the Christmas birthday offering, Christ's birthday offering. It's now called Pathways Christmas Offering. And the heart behind that is giving for missional living. That that offering, above and beyond our normal tithe and offering, is an opportunity to position missions in the new year, locally and globally. And so pray about that. There's envelopes, I believe, on the backs of your chairs. If you're online, you can see the drop-down. says Pathway Christmas Offering. Pray about this December. What what would I give above and beyond for that missional living? Let me pray for us. Father, we are in awe that you are a God that shares your mission with us. You call us to go and to love you and love all people. Father, I pray that as we do that this week, that we would just be filled with a sense of hope, a sense of it's not on us, but you with us. Father, we thank you that there is more. You've given us so much. May we even worship you differently through our giving not just financially, but with our time and how we serve. And we say, let it be to me as we go now and be the church you've called us to be. We thank you and you get all the glory. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen. Have a great week.